Hello and welcome to Mummy Mentors. This is the show where three mums from different stages of motherhood come together to give advice, share our parenting lessons and offer up support. A special welcome for my co-host, Maz Compton, who is a first-time mum, and Emily Blatchford, who has two daughters. Hello! Hi! It's so fab to see you both. I love chatting with you. Oh, this is... I'm really vibing on this podcast, guys, because I feel like I've had all this stuff in me for like the last 15 months of being a mum and I'm like, blah, let's share it all. Like, it's so good. It's good to be honest and real about what we all go through. And M, to share our stories. I think that's so important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I, I... Because you're a bit of a head of the game from us, Jess, I want to ask you, did any of your daughters, either of your daughters, go through hectic phases? Because Alice is going through a tiger thing. A tiger thing? Like... Loving everything with tigers on it. Obsessed. Obsessed. But, like, to the point where I'm like, is this okay? Like... Of course it is! Why wouldn't it be okay? Tigers are cool. I they're, know. They're stripy and they're the best and they're fierce and they're... It's a oh, spirit I animal. love it. Uh, well, I tell you what, during... Because we like to play tigers and during COVID lockdown, <laughs> let me tell you how annoying this game is. Hi, tiger. What would you like for a snack? Row, 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 row. And I'm like... Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to go outside? And I was like, this has been going on for about four minutes and I already want to kill myself. Does she like the book, The Tiger Who Came to Tea? Loves it. Because I, I read that as a little girl. Classic. I adored that. I think, and though, our so kids funny. do go through <laughs> phases. <laughs> and I remember with Giselle, she was obsessed with Tangled, which at the time it was sort of Rapunzel. And oh, Rapunzel okay. had this massive, long, blonde wig. And Giselle had sort of very, you know, short sort of hair. And she would wear this wig everywhere. Mm-hmm. She would go to bed in the wig. She'd have to wear the wig any time. It got very ratty looking. I it looked amazing. But if it got lost or we couldn't find the wig, we couldn't walk out the front door. So I think there are moments when kids do really fixate and love things but but I reckon go for it even though I know you're probably getting a bit weary of the tiger phase I just think that is it's so hilarious it's so cute I think it's really cute oh well and it is just a phase yeah well (laughs) fingers crossed but I'm getting from speaking with you Jess I'm getting the sense that everything is seasonal everything as soon as you start getting used to something with a child, they're like, I'm going to switch it up to really do one over on you, Mum. She'll be like, I'm a hippo. And I'll be like, <laughs> yes, thank God. But what do hip- hippos do? Chomp, 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 chomp. That is so funny. I love it. But you're right, I think, Maz, when you say it is, it is seasonal, things do change. Yeah. And often when you are in the midst of whatever phase you're at, you really think, this is it. This is my life. Am I forever going to be playing this tiger game? But you're not. And you have to, if you can, reassure yourself that this will pass. There will be something else. And I suppose where I'm at is I'm sort of getting more and more used to, even though I don't know if I will ever be fully used to it, but sort of letting my daughters go more and more. So I think once you become a mum... 
there's this golden thread that forever tethers you to your kids. And when you're pregnant, they're there inside. You keep them safe. Then they're born. And then there's that big thing of, oh, my goodness, I can't have you anymore. Mm. And it's this series of letting goes as they make their own way in the world at all of those different stages. And for me, who is a helicopter parent from way back. (laughs) I am the ultimate hoverer. Like, I'm like, hello, here I am. No, don't go up there. Don't, no, don't run up there. No, you might fall down those stairs. (laughs) That is me. And I've had to really try and step back a bit. But now that Allegra, who's 13, she's 13 going on 25. Wow. She's taller than me. No, she, no yes, she's not. She's taller than me. She looks about 18. <gasps> and oh and I have to now readjust how I parent her. Yeah. And and I think that is a challenge too, that there are all these different um, modes that we go through and you have to draw on different parts of yourself. Yeah. So I know that I have to let her go, mm. give her more independence, because if I'm there hovering, she doesn't then either get the confidence or I'm forever annoying. So I have to show her, yes, you can go and meet your friends. I'll pick you up from that location at this time. Yeah. And then, yes, you're there at the right time. Okay, look, I can trust you. You will keep, you know, you can do it again the next time. But it's difficult. And I do often say to her, you never know when I might just jump out of Brandy (laughs) Melville, which is her favourite store at Westfield, when you're least expecting it, I will be in the change room and I will leap out (laughs) and highly embarrass you. So so that is my threat to my daughter. That's amazing. It's great that you threaten her. (laughs) (laughs) Such a great like departure from helicopter parenting is just like a flat out threat. <laughs> but but the thing is, I mean, and the point is, I I could actually do it because I'm one of those people that because I'm highly embarrassing to my daughters, even more so as they get older. I see that as a challenge yeah, because I think wow. right, it's an asset, <laughs> is what it is. But what could I do yeah, next? <laughs> As you guys know by now, each week we cover a different topic and this week it's baby milestones, which would actually be quite contentious. So let's get into it. It doesn't matter if you're a first-time mum or a third-time mum, baby milestones are a baffling and confusing time. Are they reaching them at the right stage? Are they getting there at all? It can be hard not to compare your child to others and also compare your parenting to others. Now, M, are you pretty relaxed about milestones or are you really, especially now that you've had your second, looking and comparing and thinking, oh no, are we there? Well, I think it's a bit different for me because I think I've mentioned this before, Lara is smashing her milestones compared to Alice. Like, <laughs> Alice didn't walk till she was just before one, I mean, crawl till she was just before one. Lara's been doing it since she was seven months. So... For me, I've been more like slow down. Yeah. But wow. um, if it was the other way around, I wonder if that would be interesting. If you're like, oh well, Alice was doing this at this By month, this and you haven't done it yet. Yeah. So I don't know. What about you, Maz? Have you been pretty uptight or more relaxed? I'm pretty cruisy with the milestone thing. Um, I am. You're just cruisy. I'm I cruisy as a mum in general. I would love to get <laughs> some of your. I wish when I was first time mum, I had some of your kind of 
chillness. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you yeah, are. I am You're very really. Chilled. Yeah, it's wonderful. Hopefully though. not too chill. No, no, no. <laughs> You've got a lovely thanks. ease about you and the and Thank the way you. you talk about it. I think it's fabulous. I have so there's the there's different types of milestones as well. So there's the physical stuff that I think we all look out for because it's evident and there. Mm. But then I'm super interested in super interested in the developmental milestones. So it's like what's going on in this brain of yours and how is it manifesting? And so I um I have an app called The Wonder Weeks and I recommend it to all new parents and I also bought the book and the journal because I'm a huge nerd and so um, little Henry is about to enter his 10th developmental leap and so I what does that mean you see I yeah. don't remember any any of it's terrible maybe to admit to but I don't remember any of the milestones so, or, or what they are anymore so I think the milestones the milestones that we I think when we talk about milestones it's like when do they when do they roll over from back to front from front to back when can they sit up unsupported hold their head up so they can start eating solid food when can they crawl when can they walk when do they start talking and verbalizing They're, but the developmental leap is what's going on in the brain and the neural pathways and all the wiring that they're it's all coming into their brain and then how it comes out. So it's like, um, you know, their fine motor skills. And so that they, they go through the leap and then the behaviour manifests afterwards. So they go through these fussy times when their brain is taking in all of this information. Which and is the processing leap. It. That's the leap. And then you'll see the result of the leap. And so the Wonder Weeks is great because it really just it lists out basically the first 24 months and like what the leap is that they're going through and then what the behavior is for you to look out for and so I've been like borderline obsessed with like (laughs) what is happening in your tiny little human brain right now and how you know and so just little things like we've been doing a bit of baby sign language with Henry wow you are amazing well it just means so not no tiger growling (laughs) <laughs> Not yet, but he does he does know what a tiger sign, sounds like sign language thank goodness <laughs> it's really basic stuff but we we've taught him a sign for water so we can say are you thirsty henry do you want water and it's this it's like almost like rigidity. remember the rigidity yes. shucker yes. sign i think you're setting yourself up for a lot of heartache here in terms of what if henry all the time goes Water, 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 water. Well, like, give thirsty. me water. <laughs> and then you teach him more. No, but And then it's like, pick me up, pick me up. No, I'm not going no, to no, sleep. No. no, I'm not going to sleep. I think <laughs> when he can replace it with a word, then I think that, I don't know. This is, a, look, this is a real life experiment. But we that's just one thing that we've done to, like, just help with the communication. Because the biggest frustration, I think, for a lot of parents is, like, what do you need? Like, what is this cry? And, like, what are you going through? And how can I help you? And they can't tell you. So try, for me, it was like, how can I try and, like, learn to communicate with this little person so they can at least, he can give me an indication of how I can help him. I guess that's how I've sort of approached You're it. You're a superstar. I, I can't remember the specific milestones and if my daughters reached them at the right time. But what I do recall is Giselle was, uh, she didn't crawl. She was a bum shuffler, so she basically oh, yeah. moved around on her bottom, so yeah. sitting upright. But what happened, though, over time was that she was very happy doing that. So she wouldn't, she wasn't going to pull herself up on anything. Yeah, like why she would I wasn't, walk? This but is exactly, great. But over time, when she's not walking at that particular age, 
I was sort of thinking, what's going on here? So mm. we took her to a paediatrician who said, I think we need to investigate what else might be going on. So we went to a fabulous um, physio at our local hospital and I'd take her there every week with the physio to do certain exercises and things to encourage her to get up from her bottom, to yeah. actually reach up to get things. Because the thing was, she was very happy sitting down there. Yep. But so she didn't walk until she was two. Wow. So that was quite a stressful time mm. because I was thinking well what, what's happening here yeah. will she be able to walk and so you're in that 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 moment of really um, fixating and thinking okay if we can do this and do that maybe we'll get there and I, I think about it now and I mean Giselle's got legs up to her armpits and can <laughs> run and leap and do all sorts of things and it was just a minor little blimp I think overall it's natural to worry and, and to think why aren't they there or so and so's doing this but eventually our kids will get there mm. when they're meant to well we have dr andrew rochford joining us today to help us sort out what's normal what's not and when we need to worry Dr. Andrew Rochford, I worry. <laughs> <laughs> just all the time about everything. I do. It's, it's, I think, just an occupational hazard. And I think, though, that the whole thing of milestones, when our kids get to those milestones and are they there yet? Oh, no, so-and-so's done it before my daughter. When, what are the important milestones that we need to have in mind with our kids? I mean, the first thing I should say is, and this should be an overarching umbrella to any conversation that you ever have about milestones, is that kids are all different. Different. They're all different. Hallelujah. Yes. Everyone, fathers, mothers, grandparents, we all just need to give each other a break. It is not a competition. Just because little Johnny walked when he was nine months old, no one gives a crap. Like, it's, we just, we need to realise that the child walks later or, or younger, it doesn't matter. And I think that's, that's just the one caveat to everything I say from now. There is a huge range. Um, mm. And it's very rare in that the kids aren't hitting those milestones at some point, uh, as, as my mum as my always used to say when I did the same thing, worried about my kids was... They're not going to go to school in nappies. And I was like, well, I mean, this kid, Archie, he, I don't know whether he's taking forever to get toilet trained. <laughs> but it was, it was that one kind of thing where I needed her to say that to me. Um, but when it comes to milestones, it really kind of gets broken down into, into, into major categories. So then there's, there's the large motor milestones, and that basically is to do with big muscles. And you think about things like, you know, when are they sitting up? When are they holding their head up? When are they standing? And when are they walking? Then there's the fine motor stuff. And that's to do with, you know, how are they gripping and picking up blocks and starting to, you know, use a knife and fork or spoon to feed or themselves. Turning all the light switches on and off or going yeah. to PowerPoints that's or trying to turn all of the timers on the oven on and off all the time. Perfect. Milestones. Tick. Yeah. Fine, fine motor. Nailing it. <laughs> Using those hands and, and all that coordination. There's social milestones, which are important. Social milestones are to do with how they interact, their eye contact, how do they play with other children. That's a really good one. I think we don't often focus on that enough, the importance of those social milestones. We often get preoccupied with the walking, sitting, toilet training. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think it's probably because it's not an obvious one. I, I think that we're so... You know, the, the language is another milestone and it's, you know, it's the first word. Everyone wants to know what the first word is. Is it, is it mummy? Is it daddy or dada, mama? It, 
walking's the same. Did I catch it on video? You know, what was I doing when yeah, I missed it? You're sitting there going, so did your kid punch the other kids in the park? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my little Henry loves to punch other kids, you know? Like, he did it. He did it at seven months. <laughs> no, you don't. The social ones are kind of the ones that are a bit awkward to talk about because it's usually like, oh, whoops. But I suppose it's just that those moments of, you know, we can talk calmly and sensibly about all these moments that our kids should be reaching or aren't, but mm. in the the harsh light of looking after little people, mm. it's often not as simple or straightforward. It's not straightforward. And, you've got to, and it comes down to paying attention. Mm. So another one of the milestones is, is their vision and their, their hearing. And, and you can do that really simply by, you know, you know whether your child is seeing things or, or hearing and... Archie was, um, we, we, he was born in Queensland and grew up and he just had swimmer's ear, tropical ear, like basically from when he was born. Because he loved water, he was always in water, but he always had ex- otitis externa. To the point where it actually... Which is? Um, it's, uh, it's infection on the um, external canal of the ear. It's swimmer's ear. You get it when you go swimming. Oh, really sure. painful. and. He, he just had it um, just consistently to the point where it actually started to impact his hearing. And we noticed it was impacting his hearing because it was impacting his speech. So his speech milestones were delayed. But the way we figured it out was he started biting people. So the, if you play that sort of how you figure that out, a lot of the social milestones, social interactions are actually, especially what the terrible, the terrible twos or the toddler tantrums, a lot of the time is because... The brain's developed enough to be able to understand how to communicate, but their language hasn't developed to the point where they can actually get you to do what they want. So the only so they just lose it, which yeah. you can understand. Could you imagine not being able to tell somebody how you how you feel, how you feel, how totally. you want? And so, often you want to. I would often want to join my kids on the floor and have a massive tantrum yeah. at the same time. It feels Absolutely. great. <laughs> But I, Scream into a pillow. It feels awesome. But for him, his speech was delayed, and so he was frustrated kid, and so then he was the kid, and then he also had twin sisters show up when he was eighteen months old. So I mean, his world exploded. But yeah, he bit he bit kids at school at Isn't kindergarten. But he's See, such a he's such a chilled kid now. It's quite funny, and, and that that's the point too that they do. Whatever moment you're in, you fixate and think, oh, this is going to be it forever. Yeah. They're, they're they, always going to do yeah, that. They figure killer. it out. But they grow <laughs> they figure it out. through it and yeah. out of it. Yeah. I've had, um, in just in the back of my mind, as Henry's been growing and being a human, um, that he, he'll work it out. Like, eventually. It's, a, it's all good. And, and to not put pressure on him, like, to not... I haven't... I, I've been trying to not put pressure on him. It's like, buddy, what do you feel like doing? And he'll go and get a book and sit in my lap. And I'm like, cool, read a book. And I, I, let, I do a lot of self-directed play and I, I'm trying to teach him a bit of independence. And he already has things that he likes and dislikes, but I'm not trying to push him. Like I wasn't, you know, motoring him around the house, trying to make him walk before he was ready. I just let him figure it out because... And now he's walking, and guess what? I'm exhausted because he <laughs> figured out how to walk, and now he just runs everywhere and tries to climb over the front fence. For goodness' sake! So and they can move fast, can't they? Fast. Oh. And so I just, I have tried to be as mindful as I can on like I know that there are these sort of like you know little pockets of windows where you're meant to be doing stuff, and if it's really delayed, then that's a red flag, and then I'll go and talk to my pediatrician about it. And if not, I'm not going to stress about it. It's all good. Yeah, and I think that's that's 
as much as we should all give kids a chance, and there is a, there is a broad spectrum of milestones, you do understand that at certain points that there is if there is a significant delay, it should be something you feel comfortable about talking to your GP about, yeah, and talking to your family doctor about because they they might just say, you know what, let's just come back in a couple of weeks, let's keep an eye on it. Um, but again, it comes back to that whole idea of don't necessarily project how you're feeling onto your child because can you think about like the anxiety that you must be going through if constantly every time you go to stand up as if you're about to take your first Everyone's step. Everyone grabs a phone and they're like, oh, we're going to get this first. Well, I've heard of that happening of um, a friend of mine, her daughter like stood up and took two steps at I think 11 months and like – the mum and the grandma, everyone was there and everyone freaked out and like applauded her and she got so scared that she didn't walk for another three months. Oh, she was terrified. She was like, oh my God, if I do this, everyone's going to lose their mind. So I'm just going to stay on the ground and crawl. Which makes perfect sense. But I was like, I fully get that. So yeah, it's a good point. (laughs) And another point too that you raised earlier is I think parenting is not a competitive sport. No. But unfortunately, we do put that pressure on ourselves because we look at other kids or what other families are doing and we and we do compare. How can we stop doing that? How can we be gentler on ourselves, do you think? Look, I think it's a really it's a really good question and it's 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 hard. We're humans and humans are you know, we're we're forever trying to have that advantage and and I think that it's not a bad thing to be proud. It's not a bad thing to be you know, somebody that cares enough about their children that they are doing well and they are succeeding at whatever they're doing whether it's early early milestones whether they're doing well at school or but i guess the thing is that the way that i like to look at it is invariably most of these questions can be answered by just having a little bit of empathy and trying to put yourself in the shoes of whoever you're having that conversation with and i think that it's easier for others not not everyone can do it but i think that if you are on the flip side of a conversation where you're spending every day worried about when your child's going to take their first step or say their first word, and then all of a sudden there's a group of mothers talking about how, or, or fathers, or whoever they are talking about how their son did this and their daughter did this, and you've got to understand the impact that that's having on that person. Because I think yeah. if you put yourself in that position for a moment, you actually thought about that. It would be horrible, or it is horrible if you are in that place. And I think we need to understand that, as I said, there is, there is no gold medals. There is no Nobel Prize for taking a step at 10 months. It's, you know, it's yeah. just, it's a nice to have. But if the child takes a first step at 14 months, I can tell you, it doesn't define yeah. where that child will be in yeah. 30 years' time. And I, I like the filter of, no one else gives a crap about your kids other than you. And that's a filter I've had when all my a lot of my friends had kids before I became a mum and they'd be showing me all these videos and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> but I know you care because you grew and birthed this human and that's great. I don't care. And so I try as best I can to keep that filter on when I'm talking about or, you know, about to talk about Henry. I'm like, hang on, let's remember a sec here. My kid, nobody else really gives a crap. It doesn't change, but we will forever be proud of our children. Of course. You know. And um, we want to be proud of them. Dr. Andrew Rochford, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. That's it for us this week. Make sure you join us next week when we're talking about the slow parenting movement and ways downtime benefits the whole family. Make sure you check out kidspot.com.au for more information on baby milestones. And we'd absolutely love it if you could swing by Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. 
five stars if you're feeling generous. See you next week.